It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not the holidays. It's back to school season. Chicago students will return to the classroom next week. Is my excitement showing? Well, there's a lot to get done. School supply shopping, maybe new clothes, skimming that summer reading list, and of course, getting back to a normal school-friendly bedtime routine. And boy, that is not easy. Fellow parents know what I am talking about because kids of every age will resist going to bed early after a summer of staying up and sleeping in. Allison Clark is a pediatric psychologist specializing in sleep medicine at Lurie Children's Hospital, and she's here in studio. Welcome, Allison. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So, Allison, I think that anyone who has gone without a full night's rest, you recognize the importance of sleep, right? But how important is sleep in the healthy development of a child specifically? Yeah, so in children, the way that we often will see sleep deprivation manifest is in attention problems, learning difficulties, and a lot with younger children in emotion dysregulation. Um, And of course, a lot. (laughs) Long term, it has impacts on our overall health and metabolism. So it is very important. I think parents understand that, but don't always know exactly how much sleep kids need and how to achieve that. Yeah, let's dig more into that that list that you just gave. I mean, I mean, what is a lack of sleep doing to the brain, for instance? Yeah, so you would have to ask my probably physician colleagues in terms of specifically what's happening in the brain. But um, what we understand is that when we're not getting enough sleep, our memories aren't consolidating in the way that they're supposed to. Um, It has impacts on our overall attention, um, hyperactivity, impulsivity, uh, making it very hard for kids to focus day to day in their classrooms. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, to what extent then would you say compromised sleep affects a kid's performance in school? Yeah, they've actually done studies um, in in California. They've actually moved school start times to better align with um, adolescent sleep and changes that occur with adolescents. Um, And it's not only impacted academic functioning, but there have actually been decreases in rates of car accidents, overall functioning. So we're talking impacts across the life. When when you get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And what is enough sleep? Yeah, so there are... Is it eight hours? (laughs) There are ranges, right? Because every kid is a little bit different genetically, physically. But um, for school-age children, they recommend anywhere from 9 to 12 hours of sleep. And then for adolescents, it's closer to 8 to 10 hours. Unfortunately, the more recent research suggests that maybe 50% of school-age kids are getting those recommended hours. And about 75% of adolescents are not getting the eight hours of sleep. I am shaking my head at you right now because (laughs) I know what's happening in my house and it is not eight to 14 hours or eight to 10 hours. So at what point would you say that parents should find a specialist like you? How bad does it have to be for us to become an Allison Clark? That's a really good question. You know, I think Obviously, the first step would be just sort of taking the time. If you're listening to this, this is a good sign, thinking and prioritizing sleep, um, figuring out ways to kind of change the routines and develop that consistency and priority of sleep at home. Um, But if your child is following all the recommended bedtime routines, um, trying really hard to kind of uh, ensure that they're getting an adequate amount of sleep and they're still struggling to either fall asleep or um, are waking up frequently in the night, that would be a time to talk to your pediatrician and potentially consider a sleep medicine consultation. Yeah, my, my kid is asking for magnesium. 
or melatonin because she gets to sleep but won't stay asleep. Yes. That unfortunately is... And then I gave her the, I don't know if you're old enough. Let me do some research. Yeah, unfortunately... Let me me get back to reset and and ask an expert. Yes, is something that we see almost every day. Um, I think that the pressure on kids to kind of do it all, so maintain academics, extracurriculars... Um, be social and go on social media, often in the evening hours, um, tends to result in kids who are sleep deprived and are looking for kind of a quick fix, right? Um, Yes, certainly um, there are places for magnesium and melatonin, and it's worth, you know, talking to the pediatrician to make sure that there aren't iron deficiencies and and magnesium deficiencies. But I would say focusing more so on how can we build in and prioritize sleep, building in a little time to kind of wind down before the start of the day, Mm -hmm. before the start of the evening and going to sleep can make a huge difference just even in that ability to stay asleep. Yeah. A reminder, we want to hear from you too. Tell us what questions do you have about getting your kids' sleep schedule back on track? Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Let's bring another voice into the conversation with us, Allison. Joel Gratzik is a stay-at-home dad who runs the parenting blog daddiesgrounded.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Joel. Thanks for having me. So you have got two kids like me. Yours are a little younger. One is six and one is 10, I hear. Is that right? Yes, that is. So has bedtime been a challenge for you folks? We've definitely had our ups and downs when it comes to getting the kids in bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Uh, What are their excuses? (laughs) Sometimes, you know, they're just, a lot of it is the the typical that you see like on TV, you know, I need just another drink of water, one more story, um, that sort of thing. The drink of water used to get me all the time. (laughs) The bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. We finally found kind of a routine that works for us, but it's, seems to need to be updated every year or so depending on how the kids are doing in school or what their age is yeah Um, we've we've had to kind of uh focus it on on one or the other yeah tell us more about what you've been doing this summer specifically so one of the best things we did uh this summer is we upgraded the curtains from just like regular curtains in the room to actually getting blackout curtains um because in the summertime, you know, the sunlight is out later and later, and that can really make it difficult to get kids uh, to bed, especially my five or six-year-old uh, recently. You know, if it's 7.30, 8 o'clock, the sun's still out, well, why do I have to go to bed? I can still see the sun. It makes it a lot easier to kind of get that environment set for them. I see. So have have you found that it's been easier then to at least try to get them settled into some sort of routine? It definitely helps. We've also started to make sure to stop screen time a number of hours before bed. So by the time we have dinner, um, the screens are off and we do stories and some meditation cards and that sort of thing. So kind of help get the brain into a more relaxed mood rather than all the extra visuals you'll see on, you know, iPads and TVs and such. Wait a minute, Joel, you got to tell us more about these meditation cards. So one of the ones we use, it's from a place called Little Renegades. They have a whole series. And basically, uh, they're for kids my age, specifically between three and I think 10 or 11, okay. uh, the, the ones that we have. And each night, we'll pick out a card and they have different subjects. Sometimes they uh, 
talk about how was your day, what are some uh, disappointing things that happened in your day, what are some things that were exciting and that you're, you're happy happened during the day. Others are mental exercises where you can pretend you're in a forest and you call out what sorts of sounds you might hear in the forest or is it lightly raining? How does that make you feel? And going kind of on these thought exercises, really, oh. um, they've been nice to get conversations going with my kid, but it also helps them to calm down and not really think about, you know, the newest Super Mario movie and watch it the 15th time, you know? <laughs> Sounds like a, a great idea. And I'm thinking, where was that like 10 years ago for me? <laughs> Allison, right? you're, you're listening along. I mean, does, does Joel sound to you like he's on the right track? Yeah, I mean, I think the description you're giving is kind of the dream. And I will say that's <laughs> not been the norm for the <laughs> patients and families that I see day to day. Um, but I think the goal is there, you know, if I told all of my families you can't have spring screen time and the three hours before bed, they probably would not come back to see me again. <laughs> because um, so many parents rely on those iPads. Parents keep them rely quiet. on them and also schools, right? So, so many schools are now only providing assignments that are available through their laptops or tablets. Um, so I think that the key is for sure in a, in a dream world, um, I, w I love the idea of building in time for relaxation and meditation. I think that's crucial for the bedtime routine. Um, but the big piece that we talk about with screen time is just ensuring that there is a clear end time, right? So there's a transition of the day is done. We are closing our devices mm -hmm. and now we're transitioning and winding down for the day. Um, cause oftentimes now we're sort of on all the time, right? So we're constantly occupied by our phones and devices. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to turn off. We can't just expect our brains to suddenly get in bed so and hard. fall asleep. So the goal is if we can at least have a clear, now the day is done, the screens are going down and we're going to do some quiet, relaxing activities before bed. Uh, that's the way to that we've at least gotten yeah. some teens on board with this plan. For sure. Uh, I asked Allison earlier, Joel, about the benefits of, of being well-rested. Have you noticed the impact on your kids' performance at school once you made those changes, the, the meditation cards, the curtains, et cetera? Absolutely. I've even felt it myself because <laughs> um, <clears throat> having that rest really helps you just feel better about everything, right? It's it's almost as important or is as important as making sure you're getting uh, your nutrients in your meals. When, you know, the kids don't eat, right, or they don't sleep like they're supposed to, mm -hmm. it just makes everything else more difficult. And yeah, we've been able to see uh, definite improvements at school, but also just in social circles too, wanting to be able to play with kids and being more friendly and, you know, entertaining rather than being grumpy and, you know, causing um, unpleasantness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. We have been talking with Joel Gratzik, who runs the parenting blog, daddiesgrounded.com. Thank you so much for your time, Joel. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how and why to get your kids back into school, back into a school year bedtime routine, rather. And our guest is pediatric psychologist, Allison Clark. So, Sleep recommendations that are set by the um, the American Medical Association, they change according to age, right? I think mm -hmm. you, you touched on that a bit earlier. Give us more guidelines, though, by us, I mean me, uh, <laughs> for our older children and teens. Mm -hmm. Those are the those are the ones that we see all the time. Um, and I feel it for them. I got to say this because 
Yeah. And our Lisa Lavas here at WBEZ brought this up to me too. There, there's start times for school. Why are the high Not schools alive. at 7 a.m.? <laughs> Why? Yeah, so we all know that there's a natural shift in the sleep-wake schedule with puberty and adolescence. Unfortunately, for many reasons, with bus schedules and teacher schedules, um, oftentimes we actually see high schools and middle schools starting earlier than elementary schools which so early it does not like they start before i start work right <laughs> like, for sure i had work? a kid the other day who said they have to get up at 5 15 to catch the 6 a.m bus to school yeah um yeah so it is really challenging when kids have over the summer been able to kind of get back to their natural sleep schedule they may be sleeping from midnight till 10 a.m um, and then trying to figure out how do I get back to this routine of waking up closer to six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing a lot of work, you know. I'm glad, again, that people are here and thinking about it. Unfortunately, we don't have that much time before the Chicago public schools go back in session. That's right. Um, and, uh, we've got folks here, <laughs> you know, in the suburbs who their kids start today. Yep. Yeah. So our goal is really trying to figure out how ideally gradually can we shift that sleep-wake schedule to help kids get a little closer to the time they'll have to wake up in order to get to school on time. Um, trying to move those clocks, you know. What's challenging is sometimes parents think, oh, we'll just shift bedtime and suddenly they'll go to bed sooner. Mm -hmm. But if their circadian rhythm is aligned on California time or Hawaii time, (laughs) there's no way those kids will be able to go to bed at 9 or 10 p.m. Yeah. So our goal is really to just gradually, every couple days, shift their wake time, 15, 20 minutes in an ideal world, maybe a little faster if needed. Um, trying to get them closer to that school start time and also um, building their sleep pressure throughout the day. Well, you know, we talked before about just the the importance of calming them down. I think those were your words, right? Calming them down, whether it be with the activities like we heard from from Joel or some other uh, thing, right? But uh, a lot of people have trouble relaxing, um, especially if they're anxious. In school, it's (laughs) anxiety-inducing, Yes. So uh, <laughs> that's any, an understatement. <laughs> right. Any tips then for students who might be stressed out so that they can actually rest? Yeah. So that's a really good question. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, oftentimes what we see with anxiety is that our first inclination and our instinct, which is natural, is to want to avoid thinking about things that are stressful and to avoid um, any sort of uh interaction with those stressful events. And so what ends up happening is that you climb in bed and it's the first day all day that you don't have distractions and your mind starts processing and thinking about that upcoming school day or all the homework that you still have to complete. Um, One of the things that we see can be really effective is just building in a little time, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes each day, to kind of process the day, Mm -hmm. thinking through Is there anything right now that's causing me stress or worry? Taking a little time to work through that, sit with it, allow that feeling, and also think through maybe just the first step in being able to cope with or manage that anxiety. Maybe it's talking to the teacher or apologizing to the friend (laughs) about something that you did that day. Yeah. Um, Being able to kind of build in that time so that by the time you actually get in bed, you're able to let go 
and know that you have a plan so that the next day feels more feasible. I love that. We'll leave it there. Allison Clark is a pediatric psychologist who specializes in sleep medicine at Lurie Children's Hospital. And she was talking tips to maintain a healthy bedtime routine in prep for the new school year. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you so much for having me.